Have you read your Bible today? Did you read it yesterday? Do you save it for Sundays and special occasions? Uh, contrary to what it may sound like I'm about to say, I have a different thought process, something that should really um, indulge our ability to muse. Why, however frequent or infrequent, do you read your Bible? Better still, why do we read our Bibles at all? What's the point of reading and then rereading this book? So this is what is um, at the heart of our musing for today. To be one of the most practiced, um, even if most lied about, things in the faith, how many people actually know the reason why we read the Bible? I mean, to me, it seems like a very important question with all of the, you know, Bible in a year plans and other things like that. It would seem as though the reason uh, for reading the Bible is plain. However, if you asked two Christians or however many you want, you would probably get different answers about why they read the Bible. Some of the answers would be sincere. Some would be canned. Uh, some answers would be what they think they're supposed to say. Some would be people telling you what they really feel or what they know. What we want to look at is why, in truth, we do and ought to read the Bible. So that's kind of what we want to think about today. First, I want to look at some of the wrong reasons. Okay, and I don't really want to uh, belabor the point, but I do believe it bears at least a moment of mention, because if we know why we do something, Sometimes uh, it's good to have an understanding of the opposite as well. What's a wrong reason for doing it? Now, these reasons don't suggest that we should never read the Bible under these circumstances. It just shows that these should not be the primary or only reasons why we read it. And I mean, some are just altogether wrong. Some are just the wrong reason to read the Bible at all. They won't they won't it won't help if you read it under some of these, you know, thought processes. So, again, just to go through a few reasons, the first one, then these are reasons why we shouldn't read the Bible or better put um, wrong reasons to read the Bible. So the first one is for the sake of completion to get through it. Um, I remember as a younger man, I wanted to read through the whole Bible. 
Okay, the whole thing. And I kind of succeeded. I skipped some stuff. But I mean, and I didn't have a plan, you know, like a reading plan to make it, I don't know, fun or something. I just started at Genesis and went all the way through to Revelation. So some of the issues about that, firstly, the Bible is not a novel. Okay, it's not a novel. It's not meant to be read for entertainment or fun or whatever else. That's one thing that even to my kids, um, I remind them that when we read the Bible together individually, I'm not doing it and they should never do it to have fun. That's not the point of it. So the idea that I'm reading the Bible to finish it, I mean, really is not a biblical thought process. That's not why it was written. And it's not a novel. So it doesn't even work that way. You can read it from front to back. But yeah, that's just not the reason why we read it to finish it. I just want to get it done. I mean, there's no special badge for it. Now, yeah, I remember in the church I grew up in, we did get uh, badges and stuff for certain things we could memorize or whatever from the Bible. But in God's eyes is what I mean. There's no special badge or special reward for reading or completing the Bible. Nothing magical happens if you finish the Bible in a week, a year, five years, whatever it is. Nothing magical happens. Okay, so my reason for reading the Bible should never be to get it done. Because, I mean, another thing it can do, it can create a feeling that I've seen it. I know it all. I mean, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've read the whole Bible and okay, you know, I can now move on to something else. Um, if that is created by me finishing the Bible, then I know I've made a mistake. If I feel like because I've read the whole thing, I'm done. I know that it had an adverse effect on me. Okay, so there's there's no special thing we get for finishing the Bible. Um, and also, it will not always benefit you that way as you're going to encounter things that you may not understand, that may not be relevant for you um, in the moment. And some things you'll find yourself just reading through for the sake of getting done. Like I said, when I was younger and set out to read the whole Bible, I did a lot of that. Um Things that at the time I didn't understand or that didn't really make sense or just things that are information and not really applicable for me. Um, you know, I would just kind of breeze through, you know, skip a little bit, whatever. Um, so, again, that's just not the right reason for reading the Bible. Okay, So that's kind of the first thought of a wrong reason to read the Bible to finish it. That's not why we read the Bible. Um, you know, so if anybody, if you have that thought process or you know somebody who does, and I know a lot of people who do the Bible in a year stuff. Okay. Um, but if that, if you're reading it for that sake, then it's being misused because that's not what it's for to get through it. That's not what it's for. Um, so here's another one, and this one's kind of simple. I think most people would agree with this as a wrong reason to read the Bible because it's Sunday. 
or Wednesday or whatever, whatever day you get together with other Christians and bring Bibles, that's definitely a bad reason. Um, I read the Bible because it's Sunday or Bible study day or whatever it may be. Uh, we should never have a day when it's time to pull the Bible out. Um, if we do, we're only reading the Bible for the sake of other people. It's that simple. If I'm doing it because you brought your Bible, so I'll bring my Bible, and this is the only time I open my Bible up, then something's wrong with that. So with that, I'm only reading it for the sake of tradition, other people, or because this is what's expected of me at this moment, and then it has no benefit to me. And there are excuses people make like, well, I need help understanding. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can teach us all things. So I should never have the thought process that I can't read the Bible by myself. Um, now, that doesn't mean you're free to come up with your own conclusions. A lot of people make that excuse. The Holy Spirit teaches me. So this means something crazy. Well, no, that doesn't work either. So, but yeah, I, it should never be that, okay, I read the Bible because it's time to read the Bible, um, which actually takes us to the next wrong reason, tradition. Now, though it's good to have the habit of reading the Bible, that's not why somebody should read the Bible out of tradition. Okay, I shouldn't read it because my family has always read it um, or, you know, as a Christian, you know, I've been taught just to read it. Okay, so reading the Bible out of tradition can, again, take away the worth uh, of it because I'm not using it for what it's meant to be used for. So reading for traditional reasons can be just as dangerous or useless as reading just to finish it or because it's, you know, Bible day or whatever it is. Okay, and that goes to another one. Um, and this one, I believe a lot of Christians have, but reading because we're supposed to. Now, I'm sure at some point, most people who would hear this can say they've read the Bible because they felt they were supposed to. And again, there is a sense or in a sense, a good thing about creating a habit of reading the Bible, but doing it because I think I'm supposed to would not help. And I'll explain this thought process more when we consider why we do read the Bible. Um, but reading it just because Christians are supposed to read it can be just as useless as not reading it at all. Okay, because if I read it not to understand, not to apply, not to get it, but just because I'm supposed to, that can be just as bad as not reading it at all because it becomes something that is redundant, repetitive, and I get catchphrases from it or I can feel good for a second, but it really does nothing as far as my life goes. So if I'm simply creating a habit of 30 minutes a day um, reading, so I read the Bible for 30 minutes every day, an hour every day, whatever number you want to throw out, but I don't receive from it what I'm supposed to. The whole practice is useless to me. Just think about that. If I'm reading it just to read it, 
but I never take what I'm reading and use it. What did I gain? Remember, it's not like I get some special badge for the day. You know, as God looks down, um, he sees that I read the Bible. So today, special things will happen. That's just not the truth of it. that's not what the Bible was given to us for. So the thought process, OK, just read it because you're supposed to read it as a Christian, you know, some kind of superstitious thing. You read it and magical Christian things happen. It's not a biblical truth. So no matter what your habit is, 15 minutes a day, two minutes a day, two hours a day, if I'm not using it for the right reason, it has no benefit to me. And I mean, it's unfortunate, but I've seen this so much in my Christian life. Um, just people who have this habit of reading the Bible, but never retaining anything from it after they read it. So what you read it for? Well, because I'm supposed to. Well, that's a wrong reason to read the Bible. It doesn't go very far as far as the actual purpose of it. Now, with that said, though. There's this thought that reading the Bible pleases God. This is probably another big one. Um, I'm really not even sure where that thought comes from. Um, the Bible is a book of information. Why would God be excited simply because you read the information if the information has no power in your life? Just think about that. Muse on that one. Why would it please God for you to read this information he intended for you to use if you never use it? Why would that make him excited or happy? He didn't leave this here. Again, this is not a God novel. That's not what this is. Um, this is a book of information, facts, truth, life. That's what this book is. So thinking that God is smiling at me while I read the Bible I mean, it's it's cute if you're a child, but as an adult, it's kind of foolhardy to really think that just by me opening this book and reading these pages, God is sitting there with his arms crossed saying, you know, that's my boy or girl. No, that's not why this book was inspired and left for us it's because it makes God, you know, happy. And and more importantly, we have no indication in scripture that God is happy because we're reading the Bible. That's simply not why this information was left to us. Now, there's another thought process about why some people read the Bible. It's almost like as uh, fortune telling or soothsaying. In other words, reading the Bible in hopes of finding answers to uh, the trivialities of everyday life. That's a wrong reason. Now, as we'll see, the Bible is a guidebook, but it has a set purpose ordained by God. Using it outside of that purpose can create a superstition around it to the point where it becomes nothing more than, I mean, my personal fortune teller or, you know, quote maker. You know, I say, you know, biblical things every once in a while, you know, um, and again, I mean, it's it's using the Bible uh, to litter people with memorable quotes. Um, so things I can post, though, practically in my life, they mean absolutely nothing to me at all. That's not what the Bible says for. I got all these awesome scriptures 
about trusting God, having faith, not loving the world. Yet when you look at the rest of my social media stuff, I clearly don't care about this stuff. Everything that happened upsets me, but I talk about trusting God. I hate anybody who doesn't agree with me, but I talk about loving your neighbor and being an ambassador for Christ. What's the point? That's not what the Bible is here for. So I can give you a deep quote that I don't even use. But back to that thought process, a lot of people go through the Bible hoping to find some trivial thing. Hoping to find, um, you know, an answer to a very simple thing that can be answered through an understanding of the whole purpose of why we're here. Now, that's another thought process. But yes, it is a guidebook, but we're not using it as a fortune telling thing. Eight, that's simply not what it is. We're not using it to find cool quotes or quotes that sound good and make me seem spiritual, though I never use them. That's just that's not what we have this book for. And another thought process, because, I mean, honestly, we can do this for a long time, but it's not the point. I want to look at why we do read the Bible. So I won't go through, you know, tons of things. But there is another one. A lot of times people look at the Bible looking for something new. And this is unfortunate because a lot of times preachers are affected by this. And I've been there. I've done that. But reading the Bible to find a topic for Sunday is a very tragic part of what church has become. And like I said, uh, I've been there. I know a lot of preachers and I know a lot of people who have done this, who do this, who simply read the Bible because it's my turn to talk. A horrible reason to read the Bible. Absolutely horrible. I'm reading the Bible because I'm supposed to have something to say. So just open it up, wiggle my finger. There we go. I'll talk about this. And it's unfortunate because it's just not the actual way things were done or even reason um, why we were given this. Um, so it's really just a poor use of the word of God. It really is. So that's the thing. I'm not looking for the Bible for something new or something cool to talk about. That's just not why it's here. But anyway, enough of that, because that's just a few reasons that shouldn't be on our list of why we read the Bible. There really shouldn't be. If they are on the list, it's time to just look at ourselves and really question, what am I here for? Why is this book open before me today? Never allow yourself to fall into mindless tradition and the following of men. Don't do it just because. Figure out why you're doing it. Things that matter, things that are spiritual, figure out what you're doing it for. Don't just do it. There's so many things I can put in that category, but I want to stay focused of don't do it just to do it. Figure out, okay, if this is biblical, why did God want me to do this? What am I doing this for? That way I can use it for the right reason and get out of it what I'm supposed to. So we could add many more reasons, but that's not the point of this musing. Um, so the point is, and what we'll talk about for the rest of the time, why we do read the Bible. The biblical reasons why we read the Bible. And I believe it's pretty simple, honestly. 
Um, so I broke it down into two words. If you looked at the title, truth and life, <laughs> that's it. That's honestly why we read the Bible, truth and life. And this is one of those, you know, uh, think about it for a second moments because it's that simple. Whatever other reason. And again, ask people why they read the Bible. Um, just conversationally, people who, you know, profess to read the Bible, ask them why they do read the Bible. See what they say. Just listen to them. I'm not saying fight anybody, but just ask them honestly, why do you read the Bible? Because it's very simple. The Bible is here and we read the Bible for truth and life. When you break down scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see that it all comes right back to these two words, truth and life. More times than not, it's going to come back to truth and life. I'll explain what I mean by that. But just look at just look at some of the parts of the Bible. You look at the books of law and the books of law were written so that the Israelites would know how to live in such a way to please the perfect and almighty God. That's why the books of laws were here. Truth and life. Truth. This is God life. This is how he wants you to live. That's what it's for. It was not entertainment or whatever else. The books of the law were so that they could know how to live in a way that didn't offend the perfect God. And of course, they failed, which is why we needed Christ. But that's why the books of the law were written. This is the true God truth. And this is what he wants from you. Life. Looking at the prophets, um, the prophets brought the truth of God's plan uh, to people who had no other way of knowing it. You know, also showing at the same time how God expected people um, to live and what to look for in terms of salvation. So the prophets brought truth. They brought truth and at times they brought an understanding of life as well. You look at something like uh, the songs that we find in the Bible, the poems like Psalms, um, and they speak a lot of who God is and the truth that he ought to be glorified. We see these things even in that, you know, and you, you can move into the new Testament. You look at the gospels, which um, were really written to convince the readers that Jesus was indeed the Christ capable of saving the world. That's truth. That's truth. Jesus even called himself truth and life. So we have these gospels here that are written to convince you that Jesus is Christ. See the purpose there? And nothing yet has it been, oh, the this book was written so you could have fun and, and you know, enjoy yourself or just make a, a repetition of just doing this again and again. No, this wasn't the point. The epistles, which I mean primarily written for the sake of the saints, um, the epistles were these letters written to show us what to do with these lives once surrendered to Christ. So the epistles, the Pauline epistles, Peter, John, Jan, all these epistles full of life, full of understanding about what the saints are supposed to do in the world. See, it all had um, and has a purpose way more than reading for the sake of reading. 
Now, just think about that for a second. Think about why the Bible was written. Those areas we look at when you encounter whatever book of the Bible, we're thinking about, okay, why was this written? And because it's important to know that, because if I know why it's written, I know how to use it, why to use this part of it. But yeah, just breaking the Bible down, you can see, wow, this is about the truth of God and the lives he wants us to live. So when a person sets themselves to read scripture, they should be prepared to receive truth or instruction, as was the intended purpose when these things were written. And it's very clear when you go through the epistles, a lot of times they say, hey, I'm writing for this reason. I want you to get this out of it. Never do they say I want you to read this because you can read, right? So whoever can read, just read this because you can read. That's it. I just want you to read it. Nothing important about nothing that matters, nothing you should hold, you know, close. Just read it because maybe mystically something would seep in and you'll wake up different one day. It's just not why it was written. Here we see instruction. So it was never meant to be a book that the religious merely read and reread for the sake of reading and rereading. But before I go further with that, let's look at some scriptures because the Bible actually says this for itself. So it's always good to actually look at the Bible because this even goes to the point. What are we in the Bible for? Well, it explains it itself. So starting with Psalm, um, Psalm 119, uh, just to, to look at, because this will be repeated in the New Testament, but Psalm 119, 11 says, and a lot of people know this, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, when we look at these scriptures, take a minute to think about them. Here's my thing about reading the Bible. It's not about speed reading. So don't just read through this and then go to the next one, next one. Next. No, when you see something that says something challenging, take a minute to ask yourself, is that true for me? I remember being young, growing up in church, we had these memory verses that we were rewarded for memorizing. And you look at something like this, Psalm 119.11, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that's your memory verse, okay? So you memorize it, but is it true? If it's not true, then what's the point of making it a memory verse? That's what I'm talking about when I say using the Bible the right way. What's the point of memorizing this if I have no intent of making it true? What am I memorizing it for? I get no points for it. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Well, is that why you memorize scripture so that you can understand whatever principle it's telling, it's giving? The scriptures that you have memorized or want to memorize, is it so that they can remind you of something or just because you think Christians ought to know these by heart? Right. John 3, 16. Sometimes Christians know that so much the meaning is completely lost to them because now I just know it. Romans 10, 9 and 10, all these famous scriptures 
uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all. Do you know what he's talking about? Does it matter? Or do you just use it for anything? Any simple thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Does it matter that Paul was speaking about how to be poor, how to be rich? It doesn't matter. I can do all things. Or do you just like the way it sounds? So use it for whatever there is. See, these things were written for a reason, for a purpose. So just looking at that one there, Psalm 119.1, David isn't just talking, he's being sincere. God, I hid your word in my heart so that I know how not to offend you, so that I know how not to break your law. So he's saying, that's why I memorized your law. I kept it in my heart. That's understanding it so that I don't offend you. Take a moment if you need to and just consider it. Is that why you hide God's word in your heart? That's just one reason. I'm not saying that's why everything in the Bible is written that we might not sin. It's just that this scripture says it blatantly. But just think about when you read scripture or those scriptures you do know, do they serve the purpose that they're supposed to? But let's go there. More scripture. So heading to the New Testament, the Gospel of John in the sixth chapter, there's a a part. I I like coming here first in the New Testament because I like Peter's response. Um, This is when Jesus speaks to his 12 and says, do you all want to leave with everybody else after the hard teaching? Um, You know, he gave them of, you know, eating a body, drinking a blood. Um, he speaks of this and then turns to his disciples and says, so are you guys going to leave too? Cause the other disciples left and he had a bunch of disciples, not just 12, the others left. So he says, you guys leaving too? Peter says, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. You talk about a great reason for reading the Bible. If you believe this, like Peter, John 6, 68, if you believe this, like Peter, that's a huge reason to read the Bible. God, you have the words of life. This is why I read this book, because where else would I go for information? Now, it's sad that today Christians go everywhere for information except the Bible. They'll read books about the Bible before reading the Bible. Now, I'm not against books that explain, but if I'm reading books that explain the Bible more than the Bible, I'm in a dangerous place of trusting people more than God's word. What can happen is, say I read books exclusively by this person, or I read a lot of books by this person, yet somebody comes along and says, oh, that part disagrees with the Bible. I'm reluctant to trust that person simply because I'm used to this person books so much that I trust their word more than I trust scripture. Don't you see the danger in that? So Peter says to Jesus, Lord, where are we going to go? It doesn't matter if we like what you just said. You have the words of eternal life. What am I reading the Bible for? Because this book gives me words to eternal life. This book gives me words that teach me how to live this life. Where else will I go for truth? Where else will I go for understanding of things that matter, of spiritual things? I'm not talking about math and stuff like that, but things that matter, where else am I going to go if not this book? We see another popular one in 2 Timothy in the third chapter. 
And some people will know where I'm going even before I say it because it's so popular. 16, starting at 16, all scripture given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love this scripture too because it tells me what I'm supposed to get from scripture. Instruction for righteousness. Doctrine, what's the truth? Reproof, correction, what am I doing wrong? What's the right way to do it? And then instruction and righteousness, how do I live? It's in order, okay? Doctrine, this is the truth. Reproof, you're doing that wrong. Correction, this is the right way to do it. Instruction and righteousness moving forward, this is how you live. Why? So that I can be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. If that is a memory verse, hold it. Make sure you understand it and use scripture accordingly. Not because I'm supposed to, not because it makes me feel good, though comfort is fine, but that's not why I'm in front of this book or this book is in front of me. Notice how he leaves that out. Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, useful for these things, doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction and righteousness, so I can be complete, able to do whatever God wants me to do. That's why I'm reading the Bible. I need to know what I'm supposed to do in this world, what my attitude should be, how I should go about doing it, how I treat you, all these things. That's what I'm getting from scripture. That's why this book was written and that's how I should use it. So this is a great memory verse, but if I don't use it, and that's my point, if I don't use it for this reason, these scriptures are absolutely worthless to me. Memory verses, if I don't use what they say, are useless to me. They might impress you, but they weren't written to impress God, so they don't. God inspired them so you could have understanding, information about what? Truth and life. I like um, in Titus chapter 2, there's an interesting one because it speaks of the, the grace of God but and salvation. Um, being shown to all men. But I like this part in verse 12, Titus chapter two, verse 12, where it says, teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present age. I added that one because though he's talking about the grace of God, which gives this understanding, this also speaks of um, how we do learn these things through scripture, through God's word which I believe is a grace that he left us his word. Nothing says he had to, he chose to. He absolutely chose to do this. Um, he didn't have to, nobody can make God do something. He didn't have to leave his word, he chose to. And we do learn that rejecting ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, that's serious minded, um, focused, righteously, living as we ought and godly in a way that pleases God right now. Right now, some people actually believe we won't live godly till we're with God here on earth. Do what you want to a person who believes that the Bible is honestly useless to them as far as pretty much all of the epistles go, because the epistles are saying, OK, do this. This is how we ought to live. Thank everything. So if somebody believes that we're only going to live godly in the kingdom of God. The Bible is pretty much useless to them. I don't even know why they. Listen to preaching if they feel that 
you know, I'm not meant to live. And I've had this conversation with people and they actually told me that's what they believed. We would live godly with God only. So I just show them this scripture. I'm denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live this way right now. In this present age, right now, we should live this way. Not, not when we die or anything like that. Right now, this is how we ought to live in the world as pilgrims, strangers, what have you. This is what the Bible does for us. First John chapter 2. And again, we have John. Um, and he's writing here, and I like this because he tells you why he's writing. So I love this. Okay, so he starts off in the first verse, chapter two. He says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you don't sin. I mean, that's that echoes Psalms, right? That echoes what David said in Psalm 119. I'm writing, I've, I've hid your word um, in my heart so that I don't sin against you. And here we see John writing to the saints. And he says, little children, I'm writing to you so that you don't sin. He's saying the same thing. I love it. I love it when scripture lines up like that. When two individuals, thousands of years apart, say the same thing. I have God's word so that I know how to live, so that I don't offend God. Now, think about it. There are a lot of times we hear scripture that talks about our lives, what God wants or doesn't want. Do these scriptures convict you? Because if you're not convicted, then you may be reading the Bible for the wrong reason. When we see scriptures that tell us how to live and realize we're not living that way and don't get convicted by it, we're not using the Bible for the right reason. Because they're here to convict me. John says, as you read this, I want you not to sin. Then he goes on to teach truth. If anyone does, we have an advocate, okay, who is the propitiation for our sins. So sin can no longer affect us that way. It's been removed from us by the work of Christ and his blood, his sacrifice. But he says, I'm writing to you so that you don't sin. So when I read first John and realize that he's telling me why he wrote it, how can I say, oh, I don't get that from John? <laughs> well, that's what he wrote it for. If I write you a letter and tell you why I'm writing it, you can't take the letter, read it and say, oh, well, I think this is what he means. But I told you what I wrote it for. So how can you tell me that's not what it's about when I'm the writer and I'm telling you I'm writing for this reason? So echoing the Psalms, he has that same thought process. Use this and don't sin. Use this and don't miss the mark. Don't offend God. Live how you're supposed to live. So he's saying, I'm telling you how to live, what type of mind to have so that you don't offend God, but that you please God in the world. Now he says, don't get scared. We have an advocate. But he says, this is why I'm writing to you so that you do not sin. So we have that clearly from him. If I'm reading the Bible and I don't get from it what I'm supposed to, what am I reading the Bible for? That's the whole point. The Bible is here for a reason, not for personal use or private interpretation, as it says in Peter. Not for personal use, not for private interpretation. And they, the writers tell you why they wrote it. If this book was written as an instruction manual for life, that's how I ought to use it. 
not as the next thing to talk about in my Bible study group. Let's have a discussion about this thing. Why if we're not going to do it? So what do you think Paul meant when he said this? It doesn't matter if I'm not going to do it. This is not a novel to be talked about like an ordinary book club. That's not what this is. This is a book of instruction. Do this stuff. This is what God wants of us. That's what the Bible is for. And it's interesting, but I mean, at the same time, we're warned about the misuse of Scripture. You know, we're warned about the misuse of Scripture. Just go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, because we have a warning here. And he's talking about a certain type of people, false brothers. Um, and he speaks of people in the last days. I'm trying to get to a good point to start. Just start at verse five. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, turn away from such people. For of this sort, those who creep into houses, making captive of gullible women, loaded with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay, and it says people like this are disapproved when you go down to verse eight. Um, he says they resist the truth always, having corrupt minds, disapprove concerning the faith. So we have these people who constantly learn yet never come to the knowledge of the truth. Because what are they learning for? See, when you learn just for the sake of having this information in your mind for a good conversation or to look smart or to look spiritual, are you actually receiving the truth? Is this actually affecting your life? That's the question. That's the question. I mean, we look at James and in the first chapter, another one. And it's crazy how some of these scriptures are so popular yet so ignored. Verse 22 in James chapter one says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So how is it that that scripture is so popular, yet people do it all the time, all the time we have people. And again, use this as a convicting point if it's true about you. Don't take it as a fence. Take it as this is the truth of what we ought to be doing. So he says, don't just be people who listen to the word and don't do it. Instead, be those who do the word. That's why the Bible is written. If I had to take one scripture to explain why we read the Bible, maybe this would be it. I'm not sure. But this would be I would probably mash a bunch of scriptures together and this would be part of it. Do the word. The Bible is here to tell you what to do not to give you something to listen to. He says these people are actually deceiving themselves. Well, how? Because they're thinking that by hearing the word, it actually somehow has a positive impact in my life, though I never even do this stuff. So he says, anyone who hears the word and doesn't do it is like a man looking in a mirror looking at himself and leaving and then forgets what kind of man he is. So I read it. I say, wow, that's informative. But I leave and forget what I look like. I forget what this means to me, what I need to do. So this man looks in the mirror and sees that he needs to wash his face, but he leaves and immediately forgets he needs to wash his face. That's people who read the Bible and never do it. Now, 
With a mirror, you can say, well, that's silly. It's even worse with the Bible because it's here to teach us what to do. So if I can look at these things, I know my weaknesses. I know what I need to fix. Um, I know what I should be doing. I know what I should be focused on. I know what I shouldn't be focused on. I know the type of people I should have in my life. I know all these things. I read it. I, re I remembered it. But as soon as I close the Bible, because I'm just reading, I forget all of that stuff and go back to living exactly how I want to. All I'm doing is making myself guilty before God. This is a warning. Do the word. If you're not going to do it, what's the point of listening to it? Again, you're not getting some spiritual bonus points. You're not going to go before God and Jesus is going to say, you know, figuratively speaking, okay, explain to me your life. All right. Every man would give an account, right, of everything he did, everything he said, whatever it is. So, okay, why, why'd you do this or that? We're not going to be able to say, you know, well, I read it and just stop there because that's not the point. Jesus is going to say, well, yeah, did you do the things you read? Because the book was not left with us. These letters were not given to us because it makes for good reading. I'm not saying it can't comfort you and it's not good to have your mind on it, but it's not why it was here. It's here so you can know what to do. So how do you not use James 1.22 when you're talking about the use of scripture? We shouldn't be simply those who hear it, but never actually do it, then we completely neglect and forget and are making obsolete the point of why scripture was written. Sadly, many Christians at one point or another find themselves in this place where they're only hearers of the word, not doers, deceiving themselves, feeling spiritual because I read the Bible today. So I read the Bible um, to start my day. Best way to start my day is with the Bible. And yet, as soon as I get on the road, I'm the worst, most selfish driver on the road. Well, you forgot what you look like, right? The Bible's telling you how you're supposed to be in the world. And as soon as I get the work, I have the worst attitude. I hate everybody. I don't do my job the way I'm supposed to. I'm just the worst person. As soon as I get on my social media thing. I'm the most worldly, um, profane speaking, and I mean true profanity, uh, you know, whatever individual on there. That's the guy who looked in the mirror, said, this is who I am in Christ. And as soon as he left, forgot what he looked like. I looked in the mirror. I represent Christ in the world. I don't love the world. I don't care what this world does. I'm not obsessed with the things of this world. I'm here as an ambassador, a pilgrim. I don't care what this world gives me. Um, I'm not looking for this world to please me. And as soon as you leave the Bible, you forget all of that stuff. And it's just like every other worldly person who doesn't know God. James is speaking to you, right? That's a Selah moment. James is speaking to you. Stop and think about that for a second. Is he talking about you? If he is, I mean, it just needs to be convic conviction and some correction in my life. If I'm this person who is simply a hearer, I can hear it. I can be moved emotionally to tears, which I should be moved to action. 
okay? Tears dry up. Emotions go away. I should be moved to action. That's the evidence that I really understood this. My tears aren't. The stirring of my heart isn't. The action that come from it is the evidence that I actually received the truth. Be doers, not just hearers. So the Bible was written for our learning. Paul says in, should be Romans 15, 15 chapter, he speaks of it being written for our learning scripture. And most of the New Testament teaches what we ought to be doing while we wait upon Christ, what we're supposed to be doing. That's what most of the Bible um, is here for. Right. I love the scripture. It's in Luke that speaks of, um, you know, occupy till I cr come. It's a parable. Let me see. It's 19 Luke, the 19th chapter. And I like this parable. Um, and just read. A, I'll read a little bit of it starting at 11. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. Jesus did because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So he says, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called his 10 servants, delivered them 10 minus some kind of money and says to them, do business till I come, occupy till I come. This I like this parable because this is what Jesus says to us till I come back. Do this, do business here till I come back. Now, he's not saying get rich, do my work till I come back. That's what he's saying. Live like this till I come back. Now, you'll see some of the servants, um, you know, who use it poorly, who don't do what they're supposed to do. And a lot of times we see ourselves or other of the saints falling into this category, not doing his business till he comes back. That's what we're here for. So that's what the Bible teaches us exactly what I'm supposed to be doing until Christ returns for me. That's what it's here for. It, it's a, it serves as an instruction manual for the saints while we pilgrim in this world. It tells us how to live, what to do, how to speak, what to think about. Um, it, it's a book about nothing but truth and life. That's what the Bible is. It was never meant to be a keepsake, a paperweight, an accessory. I mean, isn't it crazy when you think about it, how some people will go out and buy a $200 Bible and flaunt it, you know, just for the sake of having it. When the dollar store, well, no, those, those have missing pages. Those aren't good. All right. The dollar store Bibles have missing pages. A lot of times I've tried that before, but it's not an accessory. It's a guidebook. Get one with all the pages. So you may have to spend a little more, but you have people who have these two, $300 Bibles because it's got quotations in the middle. The words are all different colors. It's got maps of the whole Israel and all this other stuff. And you got all these things about it. And you got Patriots Bible and Black History Bible. You got all these different types of Bibles. And yet <laughs> you have people who have these Bibles and aren't even using them. It's simply an accessory. You go to my house and on my bookcase, I've got 50 different Bibles. Don't use any of them for the intended purpose. Well, what are they there for? What's the purpose of it if I'm not using it for the right way? It was never meant to be an accessory, a museum piece. The Bible was meant to teach us truth and life. 
It was meant for those who would truly serve God to know and remind themselves. Because here's the thing. Remember, we said, why do we read and reread? Suppose I understand the principle of scripture. Okay, so I've studied the epistles. I know what I'm supposed to be doing in this world. So why would I read the Bible again? Well, to remind myself because I'm still in the flesh. So even if I know what I'm here for and I've set myself to do it, I read the Bible to be reminded of those things, to encourage myself when I look like the only one, to comfort myself. Um, but yeah, to remind myself of what I'm supposed to be doing so that I don't forget why I'm here, so that I don't forget the reason of my pilgrimage. So that I don't forget that I'm an ambassador, a soldier, a stranger, someone who's focused on the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of this world. That's why I'm reading it again. I'm not looking for some new thing. You've heard people say every time I read the Bible, I can read the same thing. I get something new. Okay, but maybe it's just because you're not using it. So this looks new, not because it's the first time you've heard it, but you don't do it. So it looks new because, wow, I don't do that in my life. Hmm, That's deep. We'll start doing it and you might feel differently. That's just a thought. Just amusing. But that can be the case. Why am I always getting something new from this scripture? Because that's not the point of the scripture. It's very simple and it's written simply so you can understand and do this stuff. Not so you can just find a bunch of new stuff. I mean, that's what the pagans did. Right. It speaks of them, I believe, in Acts, which talks about they just wanted to hear some new thing. Always just something new. You know, that's what the Greeks did. What new do you have? For no. Once I understand the principles, I'm not coming back here because I may see something new. I'm coming back to be reminded of what I'm supposed to do so I can be convicted and do what I should be doing. That's a musing point. That's something to take with you after this. That's what I'm reading the Bible for. So, yes, I mean, the Bible, it can offer comfort. Um, it is good to fill my mind with this stuff. And that's good. We're supposed to have our mind on things that are good. OK, so if I read the Bible because it's a good habit, that's good. That shouldn't be my only reason. But if I read it because I've noticed I've been thinking about worldly stuff a lot or I've been nervous, scared, anxious, um, covetous, whatever it is. Yeah, maybe I do need to read it more just to alter my mind. If I find that it's getting boring to me, maybe I do need to read it more or tone something else down. So this is on my mind more and more. Okay. So yeah, I should fill my mind with these things, but that shouldn't be my only purpose. This is a book telling me what to do, teaching me who God is, what God wants. It's not a mystical mystery book where who knows what you might get from it today. That's not what it's here for. The purpose for which it was written is it will always be that. That's not going to change. And that should always be the primary reason why we use it. Just as the Gospels were written to show Christ and prove his person. So it ought to be used in that. Just as the epistles uh, give answer to a lot of questions and um, that any true saint would have and also give instruction on life. So it should be used for that. So just to conclude, 
Why do you read the Bible? Just ask yourself that question. What's your reason for reading the Bible? Are you seeking to know more of God? Are you searching for answers to how your life ought to be in this world during your pilgrimage? It should be. Are you trying to understand what am I supposed to be in this world? What ought I to be doing in this world? Is that why you read it? Why do you read it with your kids? Think about it. What do you want them to get? A habit? Or do you want them to know Christ, truly know and understand God? Do you want them to look at the world differently? Do you want them to grow up worried about who they're going to be in this world as far as jobs and, you know, friends and stuff like that? Or do you want them to have the understanding that I'm here as a representative of Christ, whatever job I have or whatever? Why do you read the Bible with your kids? If you do, what are you doing it for? Okay. So why do you read the Bible? Do you need to create in your mind an atmosphere of good thoughts, better thoughts? You know, do you need to be reminded of things you already know? Does somebody ask you a question that, you know, maybe about scripture, you know, and you need to read to find the answer? Okay, so just look at the right reasons and compare them to the wrong reasons. You know, the the, the selfish reasons, the useless reasons, compare them to the sincere, the biblical, the good reasons why we ought to be reading scripture. Just consider them. And then look at yourself and ask yourself, am I using the Bible for the right reason? Because that's what we need to do. So let's, I mean, let's do that. Let's use the Bible for its intended purpose, because only in that do we know that we're using it in a way that God wants us to use it for the right reason that we can get from it what we're supposed to get from it. <laughs>